Welcome to another episode of She Ventures Now podcast. I'm your host, Gayon Nicole. And for this episode, I am just throwing at you guys an old recording that I made for a previous podcast that I started last year called Art of Singleness. And in this episode, what I do is just give a rundown of a lot of the frustrations that I think I have experienced as a single woman and a lot of frustrations that I know a lot of my friends experience who are single as well. Uh, I don't consider this a deep dive, but it is a kind of uh, sneak peek preview. Um, I think it's the light version of all of the frustrations that single women or even men experience. And so I hope you enjoy it. Talk to you later. In today's podcast, I want to share some of the, the, the personal frustrations. And this is the light version, part one, about being single. All of this is the same from the blog post I created. If you haven't read it, it's called Top Frustrations Singles Have. And basically in this podcast, I'm just going to give you a quick rundown of each. All right. Number one. Okay. You see someone you haven't seen in a while. They say hi. And then they say this question. Why are you still single? That is one of the most um, brain-toasting, mind-boggling, like, pinch my scab questions um, to date. You know, I don't don't know really what to say. I have uh, sought counseling, taken pills called anonymously into radio shows to ask people why does that question come no i'm just kidding i haven't done any of those things i just find that question slightly fascinating it's like it's 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 it it sort of toys the line of being slightly inappropriate but then also it's like complimentary it's almost like the person is like man i can't believe you're so single you know i would have thought you would have been married quick you know but but then it kind of slightly is more of like what are you doing? You know, like what, where, why aren't you married? Like, are you, are you, is there something wrong? You know, it's so, so it kind of, you know, it's a slippery slope. It can kind of, it, it does a little whirlwind on your mind on the receiving end. Right. And you never want to come off bitter. You never want to answer that. Like, well, why are you married? You know, like, why are you still married? You know, you never want to come off like, you know, clap back at people, but it hurts. It hurts a little bit. Just, just, just a tad. Make you want to go cry in a corner for a little bit. If you're in the wrong season. Number two, when someone says, well, you can't marry Jesus. Now here, see, when people say stuff like that, I just always feel some kind of way. Like, are you think, are you saying that I have too high standards? And it's almost like people are so quick to tell you what you're doing wrong or to make you feel, make you feel like, you know what? It's you, you are the problem. Your standards are too high. Man, I kid you not. Ain't nobody trying to marry Jesus, man. Like, I don't, I really have settled it, settled it in my heart. I know I do not have too high of a standard. I feel like, this is my thing. I remember I was talking to a good friend. And, and man, this friend is, is like, like if I could replicate her and give her as like a Christmas gift to everyone, I would do that. Her name is Alex. Anyways, she said to me one time, she was like, man, I feel like people practice very or use very high discretion not in these exact terms but basically the point what she was saying people use 
very high discretion as it relates to their food, as it relates to their roommate, as it relates to, you know, even their car choices or home choices or choosing a major. How much more should we practice using, you know, high filters or high standards as it relates to who you're going to marry and spend the rest of your life with? And I was like, come on, somebody. Yes. Yes. That is the point. But again, I don't hear her saying that you have to have high standards. And that's not what I have. You know, I think that sometimes when people presume you have high standards, to me, again, it can be slightly offensive because at some level, you know, you know, I think singles kind of struggle with being in the quandary of what am I not doing right? And we're wanting validation that we're okay. But when someone reinforces that maybe you did something wrong, you have too high of a standard. It just is so backwards. I just think it's backwards and it's confusing. Stop. Hashtag stop now. Uh, Number three, when married folks uh, show an aversion towards online dating. So, you know, I mean, I've had a couple of instances where this happened where I kind of like talk about or I open up to some of my married friends. And it's always it's always quite odd, you know, side note, quite odd sometimes, you know, connecting to your your married friends because you never you always wonder like, man, should I be open about what's going on? Because they're just going to talk about me during their pillow talk session. I don't know. But, you know, you have to get over that because you love them. One of the times I remember opening up and telling them about, uh, you know, some apps that I was using and, and online dating sites that I was on. And I remember just by looking at the micro micro expressions they had, I remember feeling like, yeah, they don't get it. Like they, they were so averse to it that I just remember feeling in that moment, yeah, I'm single in 2016 and you're married in 2016 you don't understand you know like I'm single and I'm 30 and you were married at 23 so it's like you don't get it and so I think that it's it's frustrating when people totally dismiss online dating sites in 2016 uh, because I think especially if you're a single young professional woman you, you sometimes life can be really tunnel vision-ish what I mean by that is you know you're you're maybe you are you you work full time and so it's it's like your life can be if it's like mine it can be sort of work home you know gym and so your life is like in a triangle routine or it could be work home and that nonprofit or work home in church or work home and whatever side project or whatever side job you have you go to and so life can be really hard to to find other people to mix and mingle with now of course if you're like me you have to network for your job then yeah you're meeting other people but again sometimes it's not about meeting people and and approaching it from like a dating standpoint because if you're at networking events you're not always like who can i you know check out to to go date you know it's like you got to really make time is what i'm saying to to date and online dating kind of provides that um that venue for you to plug in and see other people who are also available, interested in love. Um, And I've got more, it's funny, I have an episode coming up about my review of online dating sites. And I've also created a quick reference guide of what I would like in online dating sites too, as far as, you know, making them parallel to a restaurant that you would go to. Number four, when the singles church event you went to is an epic fail, like super frustration, yo. Like, oh my gosh, I cannot tell you um, I'm not even going to talk about it. It's it's just that much of something that I want to suppress and not talk about. Um, it was just a mess. Uh, you can read about it in the blog post. Uh, basically, it just was anticlimactic. I think I went really excited that like, oh, cool, this church put on a single event. 
I'm sure there'll be great, handsome men who love Jesus that I could talk to or men, you know, same caliber, knowledgeable, have a good job, you know, know knows how to approach a girl, have a good conversation. Nah, nope. And, um, that's that. Number five, when recently engaged or married women or recently married women prescribe a formula for finding a spouse. This is one of those things where, again, you can't get bitter, but it does make you want to roll your eyes. It does. Like for me, it does. And I'll tell you why, because I feel like People's prescription on how to get married is like a dime a dozen. And it's funny how it'll always come. Like, I think I think it's just interesting how, you know, when a woman gets married, it's very easy for her to be like, well, this is how you get it done. And it's almost like very self-congratulatory. Like, of course, we're happy for you got married. But dang, like, don't make it seem like that's the way. This is the way I blaze the trail. This is how you got to do it. Um, I don't know. Have a mini seat? Maybe, maybe have a mini seat. I'm not sure. I don't want to come off bitter. I'm just saying it's it can be slightly frustrating. All of the formulas that people say to to getting married, um, and 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 honestly, just someone has just from a level headed standpoint, like stop. It's not one size fits all. It's it's not even one size fits most. It's you know a lot of this stuff is very mysterious, and um, there's such a variety of ways that people can find their husband or that, that God will allow someone to find their future spouse. So for me, I'm, I'm on the side of the school of thought that it's, it's just, there's just a very, there's it's a variety of ways that it can happen. It can happen in church. It can happen while you're dating, you know, you're dating someone, you're dating the wrong person. You meet your husband. He was a friend. He didn't even like you. You didn't even like him. All of a sudden you broke up with your, your, your boyfriend. And then all of a sudden you find someone new, um, in, in a new friendship or whatever, or you found each other in college or you found each other in grad school, or you found each other, you met on the plane, you found, you met on a traveling excursion, you met in a networking event, you met it online. It doesn't matter. There's just so many different ways that we can't just adopt one way of thinking. Number six, when a guy who wants to date you uses mixed signals, like stop frustration galore um the levels of frustration cannot be measured mixed signals are like i'm just allergic to mixed signals at this point like my goodness i can't talk that lingo like you're talking chinese i'm talking english that's how i feel about it and it's frustrating um i'm gonna leave it at that number seven when preachers in church only use marriage examples in their sermons oh i feel you but if you know, 60% of your congregants are single. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I get it. I get it. Uh, there are definitely analogies in the Bible that uses marriage as a great, um, figure of speech to, uh, conceptualize our relationship with God and God's view of us. I think those things are helpful. I love those things. I like scripture. I like Jesus. I like how God views, uh, his people. I think that there are times where, especially if you've been following Jesus for a while, or if you go to church for a while and it hasn't happened for you yet, <clears throat> there's just, I think there's a place just for stop using marriage examples. That's the, <laughs> that sounded really, really rough. What I'm trying to say is I think there are places in time where you can use examples that palpably connect to your singles in the audience. Um, and, and, and I'm not even talking about examples or, or principles. I think sometimes there can be an over 
I think where I'm hitting at, where this is where I want to go with this. I think marriage can be overly glamorized. Um, and then what you have is people adopting a way of thinking that, um, this is even deeper than what I thought I was going to say. Sometimes when there's so many analogies used and so many parallels connected to, especially in a Sunday morning and especially in context of church, connected to marriage <coughs> or your future spouse, and especially connected to um, biblical principles, I think sometimes we make it a, a bit hard for the single person to feel like they're fully living out the gospel or fully living out biblical principles. That's what I want to say. So squash all of the humorous stuff that I said a second ago. What I'm really trying to say is sometimes those marriage examples um, ostracize single people. And especially in our journey of faith, of being single for a long time, it can be not as helpful, right? So, so things like, and I would say this, so watch out when you hear stuff like, um, marriage is not about being happy. It's about being holy. Yes. On the face of it, that sounds good, but then it seems it can feel like, and you know, some, some of us are still young in our faith. Some of us are still growing. Some of us are still new to what can make us more holy. God can make us holy while we're single. And I'm not saying I don't want to be married again. AOS is not about not being married or discouraging anybody from the desire to be married. But I definitely think that God is intelligent enough to make somebody who's not married holy and like his son and like Jesus apart from marriage is all I'm saying. Number eight, when you're attending your friend's third baby shower and another friend has their second baby's third birthday party in the same week. Yeah, man. Um, You know, the singles budget life just sometimes it just it's a little rough when you got all these babies coming into town and uh all these new humans coming in. i'm just kidding no uh you can feel a little jaded sometimes and wearisome when you're going to uh your friend's third baby shower man it can be a little frustrating and you get over it really quickly because you love your friends and you want to celebrate with them but at the inside there is some there is a measure of like man like this happened three you know this is their third human being brought into the world what is going on with my eggs? You know, so it's, it's, it's slightly funny and it's slightly not, but it's true. You know, I've had a lot of friends who having babies, man, and it's so interesting and it's a beautiful thing to see and be a part of. And at the same time, it's like, man, God, what is going on in the world? Like all these people in the world, we can't find one person to fertilize these eggs. Anyways, number nine, when a travel package gives a ridiculously good price, reduction through a two-for-one package and all you want in the world is a man as a spouse that's all you want in the world is a man that's all you want man i just want to travel companion lord that's that's all i want just kidding number 10 when you have a list of discussion items for pillow talk but your boo is invisible and by boo i mean husband yeah man frustration is real number 11 when your menstrual cycle reminds you you've got eggs waiting to be fertilized, yeah, um, that might a little bit, that might be a little bit TMI, but if you're a single young professional woman, you know how it is. Number twelve, when you when you want to have sex but you're committed to purity and honoring your husband with your body, yo, la struggle, y'all, la struggle. Let me tell you what you got to do. You got to hop in that shower, turn on the water. Don't turn it right for the hot water. Turn it left. Go left, all right? 
All right, can any of you relate? If you can, hit me up, hello at rfsingleness.com. Let me know what you thought, if you can relate to any specific frustrations, or if you have a few frustrations you feel like I should have talked about. Remember, I got a part two coming up, and it's probably going to touch on some of the deeper frustrations that singles feel. These are more so the light versions, like the Diet Coke version. But here's my my encouragement before I end, and, and just to book in this podcast episode. Don't get bitter. Get better. All right, that's all for now.